Part One of Perseus from the Heroes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg. The Heroes or Greek Fairy Tales for My Children by Charles Kingsley. Part One of Perseus. How Perseus and his mother came to Seraphos. Once upon a time there were two princes who were twins. Their names were Acrisius and Proetus, and they lived in the pleasant vale of Argos, far away in Hellas. They had fruitful meadows and vineyards, sheep and oxen, great herds of horses feeding down in Lernafen, and all that men could need to make them blessed, and yet they were wretched, because they were jealous of each other. From the moment they were born they began to quarrel, and when they grew up each tried to take away the other's share of the kingdom, and keep all for himself. So first Acrisius drove out Proetus, and he went across the seas, and brought home a foreign princess for his wife, and foreign warriors to help him, who were called Cyclopes, and drove out Acrisius in his turn, and then they fought a long while up and down the land, till the quarrel was settled, and Acrisius took Argos and one half of the land, and Proetus took Tyrans and the other half and Proetus and his Cyclopes built around Tyrans great walls of unhewn stone, which are standing to this day. But there came a prophet to that hard-hearted Acrisius, and prophesied against him, and said, Because you have risen up against your own blood, your own blood shall rise up against you. Because you have sinned against your kindred, by your kindred you shall be punished. Your daughter Danae shall bear a son, and by that son's hands you shall die. So the gods have ordained, and it will surely come to pass. And at that Acrisius was very much afraid, but he did not mend his ways. He had been cruel to his own family, and instead of repenting and being kind to them, he went on to be more cruel than ever, for he shut up his fair daughter Danae in a cavern underground, lined with brass, that no one might come near her. So he fancied himself more cunning than the gods, but you will see presently whether he was able to escape them. Now it came to pass that in time Danae bore a son, so beautiful a babe that any but King Acrisius would have had pity on it. But he had no pity, for he took Danae and her babe down to the seashore, and put them into a great chest, and thrust them out to sea, for the winds and the waves to carry them whithersoever they would. The north-west wind blew freshly out of the blue mountains, and down the pleasant vale of Argos, and away and out to sea. And away and out to sea before it floated the mother and her babe, while all who watched them wept, save that cruel father, King Acrisius. So they floated on and on, and the chest danced up and down upon the billows, and the baby slept upon its mother's breast, but the poor mother could not sleep, but watched and wept, and she sang to her baby as they floated, and the song which she sang you shall learn yourselves some day. And now they are past the last blue headland, and in the open sea, and there is nothing round them but the waves, and the sky, and the wind. But the waves are gentle, and the sky is clear, and the breeze is tender and low, for these are the days when Halcyon and Ceyx built their nests, and no storms ever ruffled the pleasant summer sea. And who were Halcyon and Ceyx? You shall hear while the chest floats on. 
Halcyone was a fairy maiden, the daughter of the beach and of the wind, and she loved a sailor-boy, and married him, and none on earth were so happy as they. But at last Ceyx was wrecked, and before he could swim to the shore the billows swallowed him up, and Halcyone saw him drowning and leapt into the sea to him, but in vain. Then the immortals took pity on them both, and changed them into two fair sea-birds, and now they build a floating nest every year, and sail up and down happily for ever upon the pleasant seas of Greece. So a night passed, and a day, and a long day it was for Danae, and another night and day beside, till Danae was faint with hunger and weeping, and yet no land appeared. And all the while the babe slept quietly, and at last poor Danae drooped her head, and fell asleep likewise with her cheek against the babe's. After a while she was awakened suddenly, for the chest was jarring and grinding, and the air was full of sound. She looked up, and over her head were mighty cliffs, all red in the setting sun, and around her rocks and breakers, and flying flakes of foam. She clasped her hands together, and shrieked aloud for help, and when she cried, help met her, for now there came over the rocks a tall and stately man, and looked down wondering upon poor Danae tossing about in the chest among the waves. He wore a rough cloak of frieze, and on his head a broad hat to shade his face, in his hand he carried a trident for spearing fish, and over his shoulder was a casting-net. But Danae could see that he was no common man by his stature, and his walk, and his flowing golden hair and beard, and by the two servants who came behind him, carrying baskets for his fish. But she had hardly time to look at him, before he had laid aside his trident, and leapt down the rocks, and thrown his casting-net so surely over Danae and the chest, that he drew it, and her, and the baby, safe upon a ledge of rock. Then the fisherman took Danae by the hand, and lifted her out of the chest, and said, "'O oh, beautiful damsel, what strange chance has brought you to this island in so frail a ship? Who are you, and whence? Surely you are some king's daughter, and this boy has somewhat more than mortal.' And as he spoke he pointed to the babe, for its face shone like the morning star." But Danae only held down her head and sobbed out, "'Tell me to what land I have come, unhappy that I am, and among what men I have fallen.' And he said, "'This isle is called Seraphos, and I am a Helen, and dwell in it. I am the brother of Polydectes the king, and men call me Dictes the netter, because I catch the fish of the shore.' Then Danae fell down at his feet, and embraced his knees, and cried, O oh, sir, have pity upon a stranger, whom a cruel doom has driven to your land, and let me live in your house as a servant, but treat me honourably, for I was once a king's daughter, and this my boy, as you have truly said, is of no common race. I will not be a charge to you, or eat the bread of idleness, for I am more skilful in weaving and embroidery than all the maidens of my land. And she was going on, but Dictes stopped her, and raised her up, and said, My daughter, I am old, and my hairs are growing grey, while I have no children to make my home cheerful. Come with me, then, and you shall be a daughter to me and to my wife, and this babe shall be our grandchild, for I fear the gods and show hospitality to all strangers, knowing that good deeds, like evil ones, always return to those who do them. So Danae was comforted, and went home with Dictes the good fisherman, and was a daughter to him and to his wife, 
till fifteen years were past. End of part one of Perseus. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org, on October 19, 2007, in Oceanside, California.